Hey, this is Laura. And Steven. And this is our podcast, Midday Musings, where we take our lunch break to talk about the things that are on our mind. Today, we're discussing practical tools for daily life. Things like intentionality, keeping promises to yourself, and the history of the human brain. Let's get into it. Hello, Steven. Hello, Laura. How are you on this fine day? Russian? Russian? Russian, apparently. I am feeling Russian. Do you often find yourself being Russian? You know, the funny thing is, yes, I do. That is very funny. Some days I'm American and some days I wake up and I am just Russian. Well, that is unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) Because you should always be American. (laughs) JK, JK, be whoever you want to be. American flag, eagle flies out of your heart. (laughs) adorned in flags and guns love it i love it yeah how are how are things in your neck of the woods what's going on things are pretty great like i have some news that matters to literally no one except people who also come to my gym Ooh, i want to know what's going on girl we have gotten new mats we have gotten new weights it's a it's a brand new day it's a brand new life and i'm feeling good that's fantastic oh yeah it, it it happened noticeably on tuesday and it was indicated by the sudden squealing of about three to four people. Um, and at the end of that squealing, what we saw were these new 20-pound weights that are jelly weights. So it's separated into like jelly weights and normal plate weights, yeah. which, you know, different things for different things. Oh, yeah. Anyway, there's never been 20-pound jelly weight before. Oh. And we were just losing our minds. Nice. That is really cool because as someone who's done the workouts with the different weights, the iron weights are good, but the jelly weights, they protect you from hurting yourself more. Right. They're, you don't need to wear gloves with jelly weights. Yeah. The jelly weights are like, hey, mm. I'm here to gently cradle your grip. Yeah. And if you knock yourself in the side of the face with it or you're feet or whatever while you're doing it there's a little extra protection because it's covered in jelly stuff instead of just cold hard steel yeah the plate weights not only are like hard steel but they have that uh crisscross pattern to improve grip but also tear up your hands oh yeah my solution to that is i just wear gloves in the gym yeah that's the that's the average that's the right thing to do but i also don't think to do it as i i blurrily crawl out of my bed and crawl into my gym yeah that's totally fair well i'm I, lucky if i'm not wearing my house shoes oh yeah you're just like what why are my house shoes on oh no well i'm already here time to do some cycle yep <laughs> here we go well i'm really happy to hear that as someone who sometimes goes to that especially more these days than not dude we got some new cycles uh we did some new bikes oh as well nice. You know, yeah. you know what's funny? The thing that I'm most concerned about, and I feel like they probably haven't done this yet, is, did they get a new sound system yet? No. Okay. It continues to be the bane of every instructor's existence. Yeah. But, I mean, there's something about every job that you can't like. Oh, totally, totally. And you know what? I, I expect that one's kind of pricey, too. And it does, it does a good enough job. It does a good enough job. I'll just say that. (laughs) Okay, so I actually have this pet theory that it is good to have at least one adversarial element in your life because it will encourage you to rise to certain occasions. Like when everything's just smooth and chill and you're getting what you want and like green lights all, all the way, you become more delicate than if you have to fight exactly one thing. Yeah. And that's 
That's the stereo system. Dude, I've seen some trainers just go through a whole series of experiences where first they're freaking out. Second, they're they're like innovating. Third, they accept and they go, well, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, that's fine. But I've seen some pretty innovative stuff where they're like, well, you know what? We're just going to do the second part of this workout that doesn't require the sound now. And then someone's going to come in and fix that while we're at it. And it's going to work. It's going to get worked out. And we all kind of bond, you know, because we're working through it. Yeah. yeah. Hardship can be very good. But no, I, I'm really glad that they've got a lot of new stuff. It means clearly their funding is working. And since I go there a lot too, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, they're getting more classes. Yeah. They're they're getting more equipment. It's it's a good day at my personal gym. Oh yeah. Yes, secret personal gym. My secret personal exactly. gym. Exactly. You'll never know which one it is. You'll in, never know. Unless you follow me on Instagram. Yeah. In which case you probably will. But yeah, yeah it's a great gym. I, I'm not it's gonna, a really good gym. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I've been using it a lot more these days. I've been as I've been delving more into intentionality and just mm. trying to time box my day the gym has made its way back into my life and i love it did the young dad pod inspire you to get more intentional about your life you know what it did being on on day 20 something of his intentionality challenge i love that jay's out there he's he's getting his intentionality on and i remembered how important it was to me last year and how much i was able to do and how much more energy i had by Mm -hmm. doing it by just saying here's what I'm going to do in this time. And then when I move on from that, I'm going to do something else within the next slot of time. It's liberating. I've, I've found that the intentionality not only has gotten me back to the gym, it's cut down my editing time by probably Ooh. 50%. Like it used to take me two hours to edit episodes. And I expect the last one is going to take a little longer too, because our cat was wild and he was having a great time. On average, the last few episodes, it's cut down editing time from two hours per episode to about an hour max. I'm Do you like, think it's an oxygenated brain that you're bringing to the editing process? You know what? It might be. It might be an acceptance that nothing's going to be perfect. And you know what? In fact, people like imperfect conversations. I'm making some directorial choices instead of just making it perfect. I'm like, well, if we're talking about vulnerability, maybe we, uh, maybe I add a, a, maybe I leave a couple more ums. Things to indicate that someone is thinking and also that they're having an experience or having an emotional reaction to the content they're talking Interesting. about. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if this is intentionality. It's it's a cousin, I'm sure, at least. But when you keep the promises you make to yourself, you suddenly become stronger. It's weird. It's as though you suddenly trust a teammate, but the teammate is you. Yeah. Like you made a plan. You executed the plan. You're your buddy. Yeah. Well, there's something about just keeping your word to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like your brain will do whatever you want it to, but you just need to say you, you're going to do the thing and then actually do it. And your brain will go, oh, okay, this is what we're doing now. Okay, let's all systems go. This is the new focus, especially it looks like you've done this five to 10 times over the last couple couple weeks. I see you're trending in this direction. I will do what I can to ensure that this is this continues to be your outcome, whether that's moving yourself in a positive direction, like exercising or snack binging. Like I found that if I snack binge for a week, my body will just want to keep snack binging. It's like, well, this is what you want to do. We're going to put all resources towards this. Well, the more you do something, the easier it becomes to do it. Right. And that's true of hard things and easy slash destructive things. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And habits over time can become routines. They can influence your values. They can influence Mm -hmm. your identity if you do them enough in the direction you want them to move. I remember reading Atomic Habits and it just Mm -hmm. sticks with me that doing things and just having habits 
can move you in really almost any direction you want to move as long as you keep consistently moving in that direction. Yeah. I'm always reminded when we, anyone, talks about habits, intentionality, telling yourself you're going to do something and then doing it. I'm reminded of the bicameral mind. Mm. It's an earlier iteration of our brains, right? The bicameral mind is the stage of evolution where Homo sapiens had their executive functioning system a little bit removed from the limbic and reptilian brains. Mm -hmm. So that's the bicameral mind, two, two minds. So the experience, anthropologists believe, of having this mind would have the executive functioning part of the mind speak to the lower minds, the limbic and ancient systems of our brain. And they theorize that this is what originally created the idea of God mm. because people heard voices, but it was in fact... Their own voice. Yeah, their executive functioning system telling them to do something at the right time. Mm. So instead of being unified, it, it had two separate operators that ultimately through evolution became unified. I always think that's interesting, but what I think is even more interesting is when I read on Reddit people going to therapists for the first time and discovering that they're supposed to have a voice in their head. Yeah. Because it's them. Like, I hear voices. Yeah, you're supposed to hear the voice. What is it telling you to do? It's telling me to get up and go to work and pay the bills and, like, be nice to people around me. No, that's the voice that you need to have. That is you. That That's your voice. Yeah. It's like, I'm supposed to... I have... What? Yeah. All this time, I thought I was schizophrenic. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I think that's adorable. That makes me wonder about schizophrenia, though, in general, because mm. I I don't know the science behind it, but I wonder if it has something to do with a disconnect between the, the two minds, a disconnect of the bicameral mind. I mean, they al it always seemed to me like intrusive thoughts taken to the nth degree. Mm. Mm. Um, and intrusive thoughts are a product of a lot of people's anxiety. Yeah. Um, but I would never, ever suggest that I know anything about schizophrenia yeah, because I've not studied it. it at all. Same. Um, apart from like the DSM-5. Yeah. But I'm, I'm deeply interested in it. I think that would be something I'd love to yeah, hear. Yeah, you are about. enduringly interested in schizophrenia yeah. in a way that makes me go, are you okay? No, I, I am. I am. I just, I like the idea of it. Hey, uh, shout out to Funny Medicine Podcast. If y'all have an episode on schizophrenia or you want to do one on schizophrenia, I would be very interested and I would definitely share it around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It just, it's, it's interesting. Like when your thoughts are hijacked, when your thoughts seem to be like completely from someone else, like what is that like? I don't know. I'm tangenting back to intentionality and the bicameral mind. There is something to that, you know, to being intentional and being in touch with the part of your mind that wants you to do things that, that will better yourself. So yoga, right? Yoga means union. And oh, is that what it means? That's really? what it means. Oh, fun yeah. fact. This information brought to you by a 200-hour certification <laughs> process. So yoga means union. And the, the objective of doing all of these repetitive poses is to unify the body, the breath, and the mind. Mm. The breath is conceived of as the spirit in, in yogic philosophy. So there's a lot of overlap between ideal yogic union and the idea of an optimal psychological state, mm. right? That mm -hmm. your body and your brain are working together. In concert with your will. Exactly. Anyway, practices of intentionality seem to strive towards this idea of union. 
all of the self-development work that I've seen strives towards an idea of union, usually to encourage productivity because we're still in America. Yeah. And you better Protestant work ethic, baby. <laughs> right. But all of the various aberrant mentalities described in the DSM-5 are around disunion, right? Mm, yeah. Disunion is what every psychological problem has in common, that stuff is happening that you don't want to happen yeah. inside of you. And I think that's interesting that different philosophies aim towards the same end, which is unified thought, action, and spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something there. I think there is. So that discord, that inner discord, that disharmony that exists in a person in our modern understanding of how the human mind works, we often categorize that as like mental illness. Yeah. Uh, I just think that's, that is really interesting. Psychology is a tool to describe an experience, right? Yeah, yeah. But before we had psychology and before we, we thought about things in the Humeric medicine way where we're like, you're choleric because you've got too much yellow bile mm. or you're, you're um, melancholic because you've got too little sanguine bile. Yeah. Before this idea, there was the essential idea, which is that the human condition is rough. Mm. And we've... We've advanced our techniques for describing the imperfect quality of the human condition and created more categories to describe these specific forms of disunion. Mm -hmm. And I think it gives us a lot of tools in the 20th and 21st century that we just didn't have uh, in the early modern era and before. We've always experienced the challenge of the human condition. We've always had disharmonies, madnesses, periods of uh, mental crises, and not had good language for them. But the moment that psychology showed up in the late 19th century, we suddenly started developing philosophies around psychology because mm, we could say yeah. this is an abnormal behavior. Where does this abnormal behavior come from? And so clinicians would be like, what is something consistent with all of these, these patients presenting this common abnormality. And now we talk about abuse. Now yeah. we talk about neurological stress. We talk about your nervous system. We talk about how you can care for yourself, like the idea of self-care. When before, the closest we got to these ideas were probably religious. Mm, yeah. So like pray it out, speak to a priest, <laughs> not meditate, but pray. It's given us tools to attack problems that we've always had that we didn't have names for. Yeah, and now we we have the ability to recognize patterns of responses to mm. drama too, like fight or flight response. The fight, actually it's the fight, flight, or fawn. Or freeze. Or freeze response. It's four of them. We, we only used to talk about the fight or flight, but there's four different responses that one can have if they've experienced trauma in the past or honestly are experiencing trauma at this current point in time. Mm -hmm. And that to me is fascinating. I never heard about the other two types of freeze and fawn. Well, that's because you have lived through advancements yeah. in psychology. Oh, I bet they must've only had a couple of them back in the day and realized, it's, wait, there's more now. It's been evolving very rapidly yeah. and continues to like, we now talk about generational trauma, which yeah. was not a thing in the 20th century, although it was very present. <laughs> yeah. We talk about cycles of behavior and patterns of behavior, and even as laymen have a sophistication around these psychological concepts that were never discussed in histories before. 
I see in our advancing generations an advancement of civilization in mm. the way that we manner ourselves. Like the, the perfectibility of man is a concept as old as ancient Greece. And the idea of stoicism is attempting to create consistent inner peace. So is Zen Buddhism. So is any religious philosophy. You seek peace. And that's what psychology seeks too to create inner peace in someone who is inner distempered. Oh, totally. It's interesting to me, this, this practice of psychology, these, these mental models that we have, because it's pretty young, right? I think mm. some of it makes sense. Some of it is still a bit quackery. ambiguous. Quackery. There's, yeah, there's yeah, always going to be totally. quackery when you have advancing sciences. But what I'm most interested in is what have we accepted as fact in psychology today that in 50 years will be considered total non-truth. Like, oh, wow, we totally thought that people responded this way to this, but it's actually something completely different. Or, oh, we we thought that, that psychosis was this, but it's actually a totally different thing. That's the stuff I'm really interested in and where these hypotheses and these theories get completely overturned. What is the impact on society once we realize things have been, some things have maybe been misdiagnosed or not fully diagnosed because we just didn't have full understanding. That's the stuff that I'm really curious about. I mean, I can't speak to that because oh, totally. I can't see the future, but I can tell you about the past. And in the first 70 years of psychology, we had a general sense of things that was a lot more brutal than our current sense of things. So we had Dr. Spock saying that oh, you should yeah. not hold your baby or touch your baby mm -hmm. or respond to it crying because you will engender weakness by giving in to the baby. Or if yeah. you had asthma, it was because you were too mothered. So basically the first 70 years of psychology is saying, do not show kindness to anything. It will make it manipulative and weak. Yeah. And then over the last <laughs> 30, 40 years, we've seen how much love can make something flourish, particularly children. Right. Like, like there is there is no evidence that you can love a child too much. They've they've done controlled studies where children who were quote unquote over loved just develop a more secure sense of self. Yeah, they're more confident because they they were loved. They felt secure. Yeah, they're yeah. they're not weak. They're not bothering anybody. They actually have more of what we would consider strength than those who were either treated at the mean or with too little love. Right. And so I look forward to psychology showing that humanity is actually beneficial to the human. Yeah. Even though we like to be a little bit militant in the way that we interface with the world because we want to be strong and big and, and productive and rational and all of these things that seem materially beneficial but seem to create psychological mm. paucity. I'm deeply fascinated by the depths of knowledge and the depths of what we don't know, whether it's deep undersea exploration, outer space exploration, or the exploration of the human mind. There's so much we just don't know yet. There's a bit we know, and it helps us with set up some frameworks, but we're just not, we're not quite there yet. And I think it's going to be longer than we expect to fully get there. I actually have a specific story. My, my dad was actually one of those, one of those kids who had asthma as a child. And it was recommended by my grandma's doctor that she send him to a home for asthmatic boys temporarily mm -hmm. because she was loving him too much. She was too affectionate and too uh, nurturing and all of that. And Dude, so they blame she, the mothers for everything. Right. And she felt such deep 
shame about it. Mm -hmm. Such deep disappointment in herself as a mother for not, for somehow not knowing that she shouldn't love her child that much. (laughs) Dude, they used to, this is, this is like a really old idea. Um, And probably evidence that psychology is so beneficial, but like even going back to the middle ages, the dark ages, it was common to send your children away because it was feared that if children were raised by their parents, they would spoil them. Which is a bad thing. Well, they thought it was. They mm. thought it led to all of these terrible things. Yeah. I, it's something. It's something. Yeah. It's it's fascinating what people think and then what science suggests is the case. Right. Anyway, so that's why, like, as we go into the next generations of psychological understanding, I'm really curious just what's what's coming next. And we won't know until we get there. We won't know. What do you say? Should we call it a day? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's call it The Cats Are Gone. Yeah, thanks for spending your lunch break with us. Yeah, thanks for spending your lunch break with us, and we'll see you on the next one. Yeah! Bye! Bye! This has been Steven. And Laura. Thanks for tuning in to Midday Musings, the podcast where we talk about all the things on our mind. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and jump into the conversation in our polls and Q&As. We would love to hear from you. Catch you next lunch break.